Well, some of you know I'm not a great sports fan, so I had to ask John Urquhart how to pronounce Gus Farratt's last name. John said he thought he'd never hear Gus Farratt's name in a sermon, but I said, well, here's your day. In the late 1990s, Gus Farratt and his wife Anne induced labor on a Wednesday so that the Washington Redskins quarterback could return to practice in time for the team's game that weekend. In 1993, the Houston Oilers fined and threatened to suspend David Williams, an offensive tackle, for missing a National Football League game to remain at home with his wife for the birth of their son. But now... Couples who are athletes or sports fans and hoping to conceive a child can avoid conflicts like these because now there's the conception blocker from babycenter.com. According to the website, the sports conception blocker allows wannabe parents to select from 92 popular athletic contests from the Olympics to the Bassmaster Classic to determine when it is best not to conceive so as to obtain optimum viewing ability availability. How about that? Isn't it great? We have more and more help ordering our priorities these days. We can order everything else over the Internet. Now we can order our priorities, too. Ordering priorities is I think one of our greatest challenges as Christians. When Christianity becomes mainstream, as it has been in the United States, it seems like it would be easier to act like a Christian. But it's not. It's hard. I used to have this idealistic mindset that if we would just be more faithful to God, if we would just be more spiritual by praying more intensely and studying the Bible and the classics of Christian devotion, then life would be easier. I think life is better, but I no longer think that it's easier. The writer of this letter we call 1 John knew that over 1,900 years ago. The writer calls the society of human nature in which we live the world. The world. The temptations of the world have a strongly magnetic pull. So we can't help but tend to lean toward that pull and begin defining our identity based on, as he says, our cravings the lust of our eyes, and the boasting of what we have and what we do. One commentator says it this way, When God is factored out of our life's equation or relegated to the extraneous role of a cosmic coach, our identity becomes radically confused. We become what we do and how much we earn. 
We become the clothes we wear and the baubles we buy. We become the neighborhoods we live in, the schools our children attend, and the clubs we belong to. But an identity constructed from our ravenous cravings for the transitory is hopelessly unstable and doomed to disappointment. Again, as 1 John says, all these things are passing away, transitory. But those who do the will of God live forever. Calvary Baptist Church is 115 years old this year. And just like you and me, sometimes this church has made good choices and sometimes we haven't. Sometimes we have fallen into the world's trap and tried to define ourselves by where our children go to school or how many children we have. Sometimes we have fallen into the world's trap and tried to define ourselves by the clothes we wear and the careers and the neighborhoods of our members. Rumor has it that Calvary used to be known as the professional's church a half a century ago. We've made progress. Women are wearing pants to church, for goodness sake. We're seeing fewer neckties on the men folk. We are not defining ourselves as much by what we wear. We are more accepting. We have members in every local zip code. We're remembering and yet still learning that it's our relationship to God that defines us, not what we wear or whom we know or what we do. So are we there yet? Not hardly. But what do you want to be known as? Do you want to be known as the professional's church? Do you want to be known as the accepting church? Do you want to be known as the judgmental church? Do you want to be known as the praying church? Who are we, Calvary? We're on the journey to find out. We have other good places to go. We've been lots of good places together. And there are always more interesting things to learn together. There are always more fascinating experiences to enjoy together. Always more people in need that we, Calvary, can help together. Keyword, together. We are a part of the body of Christ. It's not just us. Isn't that a relief? It is for me. It's not just me and it's not just you, but it's all of us together. Some of you will remember Dr. John Upton, who has spoken here a couple of times. Dr. Upton is the executive director of the Baptist General Association of Virginia and the Virginia Baptist Mission Board. 
He said I could quote him on this reflection. He speaks at different churches around the state as he has done here. And he said that one time, it wasn't long ago, that he sat in a church he was visiting and he was waiting for the Lord's Supper to be administered. He had finished preaching and the deacons were preparing for the meal. As he sat on the front pew looking at the communion table, he said, I realized that the communion table before us was bigger than it looks. It appeared to be about five feet long, but if you looked more carefully, you would see it extended all the way to the walls of the church and clear through the walls. It just kept going. It ran through every church in town, spread itself into other towns. It was the longest and widest table imaginable. It stretched all across the curve of the earth. It had corners in every country across the globe. Followers of Jesus approached that table intentionally, mindful of each other, in common cause. We come in every color of human flesh and with the great music of many languages. But all of us are drawn toward one single figure, Jesus of Nazareth, the one-of-a-kind, unrepeatable likeness of God in human flesh. By faith, we see that uniquely he lived for us all, died for us all, was raised up from death for us all. And his spirit moves among us still, setting our hearts on fire. We pronounce his name differently. Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But all of us round the table are gathered beneath one great name. Communion is one way we place God first on our list of priorities. Communing around the Lord's table together expresses our devotion to God and our willingness to follow Jesus, even in such a strange act as eating a cracker and taking a sip of grape juice. Putting God first on our list of priorities will help the others settle into place. You may remember, it's been a while though, that... um, Bonnie Longworth did a children's sermon in which she took a jar and first she put in sand and it mostly filled up the jar and then she tried to put in some rocks and it didn't work. So she took the sand, both of them out, sand and the rocks. She put the rocks in first and then she poured in the sand and it all fit. God First, and everything else falls into place. As together we attempt to place God first in our life, this table of love, 
acceptance, and forgiveness spreads all around the globe.